Hey, I want to go ahead and thank you for downloading or streaming this episode of Desert Tiger. If you want to take it one step further than that, you can go ahead and follow or subscribe to the podcast on whatever service you're listening on. And if you're listening on our website, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, we're everywhere. You can find us all over the place. I also want to take a moment to thank the great sponsors that allow me to bring this show to you for free every single week. So first off, I want to go ahead and mention Collar and Elbow. Collar and Elbow is a killer streetwear company, and if you go over to the Collar and Elbow web store, you can save yourself 10% on anything in the store simply by using the code DTP when you check out. That is the code DTP at the Collar and Elbow web store. Or if you're somebody who loves audiobooks as much as I do, you can go ahead to www.audibletrial.com DTP and they're going to go ahead and give you one free month of the Audible service plus one free audiobook to get you started and you can literally use it on any audiobook in the service. Alright you guys, let's get this started. Music, athletics, arts, and entertainment. The Desert Tiger Podcast with Colton Geschwader. All right, you guys, it is episode 33 of Desert Tiger. I am your host, Colton G, and my guest today is Sue Foley. Sue Foley is a multi award winning musician and one of the finest blues and roots artists working today. Foley spent her early childhood in Canada, mesmerized by her father's guitar, and she started her professional career at the age of 16. By 21, Foley was living in Austin, Texas, and recording for Antones, the esteemed blues label and historic nightclub that helped launch the career of Stevie Ray Vaughan. Her first release, Young Girl Blues, quickly rooted her unique talents as a proficient blues guitarist, inspired songwriter, and captivating vocalist. Foley has toured steadily with her band, toting her signature Pink Paisley Fender Telecaster, working and sharing the stage with greats such as B.B. King, Buddy Guy, Lucinda Williams, and Tom Petty. In 2001, she won the prestigious Juno Award, for her CD, Love Coming Down. Sue also holds the record for the most Maple Blues Awards, which is 17 if you're wondering, and has also won Blues Awards in France and the United States of America. We're going to talk to Sue about her career, how she got started in blues music, moving to Austin, Texas at the age of 21, how her career has progressed, and we're also going to talk to Sue about her latest album, The Ice Queen, which recently released on March 2nd of this year. The Ice Queen was produced by Mike Flanagan, who also plays organ on the new disc, and it was recorded at Fire Station Studios in San Marcos, Texas. Joining Sue Foley as special guests is a trio of legendary Texas gunslingers. Jimmy Vaughn, ZZ Top's Billy F. Gibbons, and Charlie Sexton. 
as well as a host of other Lone Star State's All-Stars, including Chris Whipper Layton and George Raines, Derek O'Brien, Chris Marsh, Billy Horton, and the Texas Horns. This album is being considered one of the best blues albums that has been released this year. It has been on the top of the Canadian blues charts pretty much since it's been released. It has been up for multiple weeks. I'm not sure if it is still up there. I'm going to have to check on that and get back to you. But she is a astounding individual who has made a wonderful career working with legendary blues musicians and paving her own path in a genre of music that she has absolute passion and love for. I hope you guys are going to enjoy my interview with Sue Foley just as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. But of course, before we kick off our interviews, like we always do, we have to play some music for you. So I'm going to kick things off with the first track off of The Ice Queen. This is Come To Me.
the Desert Tiger Podcast. We are here with Canadian blues guitar wizard, I guess I shall call you, Sue Foley. How's it going? Hey, it's going good, thanks. Everything's good. Awesome. Um, You are currently in Toronto, is that right? That's right. I'm hanging in Toronto, en route to Austin. Awesome. About a week. Let's start things off way back at the beginning. When did a young Sue Foley decide to try out the guitar, and what made you make that decision? Well, I started playing guitar when I was 13, and um, mostly just because my three older brothers played and my father played, so kind of it was a family thing, and just seemed natural for me to do it, so I picked it up. It wasn't, you know, we, we grew up around guitars and sort of the family instrument. Oh. And I got into blues at 15, yeah. At 15? Blues guitar specifically at, at 15, yeah. Okay, so why did you decide to get specifically into blues? Um, I think it just, it just moved me more than anything else. I think it just, you know, I kind of grew up with 70s rock, and that's all kind of blues-based, and you know, Led Zeppelin and the Stones and Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton. I mean, all those bands were what my brothers were into. So it just seemed, you know, it seemed like really familiar territory in a lot of ways when I heard, you know, when I heard real blues, you know, it took a little bit to get adjusted to. But once I did, I I couldn't turn back. I just think it's uh, really important music. And uh, I don't know, it moves me more than anything else. It seems more honest than anything else in a lot of ways. Definitely. There's a lot of soul and spirit in blues music. Yes, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) If it's done right, that's all it is, is soul and spirit. It's not like a super technical music. It's not like flashy or technical or slick. It really is about the feeling and the soul and the purity of it. And I think that's what makes it hard to play. I mean, it's Blues is an easy music to play. It's simple music, but I always say it's simple, but it's not easy. I can agree with that. It's a lot of people think it's just easy because it's like it's really like the lyrics are very storytelling and everything else. But it's like you have to set a pace and you actually have to like build up what you're singing about with the music behind it. Yeah, it's that. And, you know, there's nothing... You know, I think with blues, when you play it in a really pure form, like, say, a slow blues, there's nothing, there's nowhere to hide, mm-hmm. because it's so basic that, um, and I think, you know, when there's nowhere to hide, that's when people kind of run to the hills, because <laughs> 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 they want to hide, <laughs> right? Definitely. It's hard, it's hard to, like, put yourself out there like that, because it, you have to kind of be honest, and I think, um, you know, it's not always the easiest thing to be. It definitely should be, isn't. but it's not. <laughs> it definitely yeah. should be, but most people seem to like to hide. That's fantastic. Uh, so, when did you start actually like playing shows and taking it like s- seriously that way? 
I started to play out professionally when I was 16, and wow. when I say professionally, I mean, I got, I got paid for my first gig at 16, so, and I never looked back from there. I just kept doing gigs and playing, and Holy. started my own band at 18, and, and then I, I just kept going. Wow. So, that's actually, like, really amazing. <laughs> So when along the way there, um, like, did you start writing your own music? Was that right away at 16, or how did that work out? Not exactly. I think um, I was really into just learning about, you know, the people that kind of came before me for a lot of years. I didn't really start getting serious about writing until... Or started recording. I mean, I, I, I wrote a few songs before that, but I didn't get serious about writing until probably I was in my second or third album. And um, I realized that, uh, you know, a good a good income stream for a musician at the time, anyway, was, was songwriting royalties. And I didn't realize that until I started making albums and getting paid. And then I thought, oh, well, maybe I should write some songs, too, because <laughs> I better, you know... You know, it's just another way to get paid, and that's the only reason I really started writing. I mean, I, and then I decided to take it more seriously and develop that skill, you know, and I've, I've, I've worked at it for a number of years now, and now I really like writing. Hmm. Okay, so how was transitioning into that writing period for you, like for that first album? Was that Young Girl Blues? Young Girl Blues was my first album. I had, a, I, mean, I don't know, three maybe originals on that album. And I think with every subsequent album, it became more till now, you know, my latest album is almost all originals. Okay. 10 out of 12 originals. Hmm. All right, so you still take on some songwriters here and there. Well, absolutely. I mean, there's too many good classic blues songs to ignore and uh you know i I'll, i still love to pay tribute to the the great mm-hmm. absolutely so who are some of the greats that you like to pay tribute to well i mean late, lately probably like memphis minnie is my favorite so i try to honor her in every show um bessie smith is also one of my favorites um, I mean, I could go on and on from Freddie King to Jody Williams to Earl Hooker to T-Bone Walker. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I've, I've studied a lot for a lot of years, and I try to pay tribute. But mostly lately, I really try to make sure I pay tribute to Memphis Minnie. Okay. Well, I mean, she is pretty amazing, so I can't. I can completely understand that. <gasps> So, what ended up taking you out to Texas? Because originally you are from Ottawa, correct? I am from Ottawa. Um, I went out to Texas when I was 21. Uh, I was brought there by Clifford Antone, the owner of Antone's Records. And... um, Recorded my first four albums for Antones, 
and uh, you know, I just always loved Texas blues, so I always wanted to go there. And then I got the call from Clifford, and he brought me down there. Okay, so did moving to Texas influence your playing um, from that moment forward? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think Austin, it wasn't just Texas, it was specifically Austin and what was happening in the Austin music scene at the time. So it definitely had a huge impact on the way I play music and specifically guitar because so many great guitar players came out of Austin. Mm -hmm. The music scene was so good, but, you know, you know, that, that style of guitar is what I've really learned how to play. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Yeah. So, did you develop your blues chops early on, or was that like later on that you actually became a little more developed in your guitar playing? Oh, I was already touring as a blues guitar player before I went to Austin for two years. Like, mm-hmm. for actually, I've been playing out. I told you I played from sixteen, right? Yeah, I played gigs. So I was playing blues gigs. I've already been playing for five years professionally before I got to Austin. Hmm. So, so the answer is yes. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So let's get into your new album, The Ice Queen. What sort of inspired that? Because there was a little bit of a break in between that where you were doing some albums with Peter Karp. Yeah, I spent <clears throat> I spent a better part of a decade doing some collaborations. There was several collaborations, a couple with Peter Carp and a couple with other artists, and um, I just kind of lost track of time. I guess I didn't really mean it to be so long between albums, but um, you know it was, and um, so it was high time, I guess. By the time I got ready for my new solo album, but I had a lot of new songs and stuff that I'd written and prepared, and I guess I guess what I mean it was it was it's good timing. I guess I took a break from myself, and it was a good thing. And then I came back, and I feel really strong. I feel like the album's really strong, and you know we're having a good time touring it, and the songs are. They all stand up. We're able to play every song live. I can play the whole album. You can't always do that. But with this album, I play the entire album live. and I don't know. It just feels really good. Mm-hmm. It's just a good time. So what was it like working with some of blues legends like Billy Gibbons and Jimmy Vaughn for this last record? It was amazing. I mean, um, Jimmy's one of my favorite guitar players, and Billy's a legend and is just an amazing person, and I mean, I really can't say enough about the entire production. Uh, Mike Flanagan, who produced on B3, and then all the great musicians from Austin, like George Beat Beat Reigns, the legendary blues drummer, and Chris Layton from Double Trouble, and... um, all the other musicians, too. I was just tickled that everybody could make it and wanted to play on this album, Charlie Sexton and, and everybody. And I don't know. It just felt really good. I mean, I think it validated 
my own belief in the material and my own abilities. It just made me feel really good. And, and you know, everybody just, we had a great time, and it's all live, it's all real. And I think it stands up, you know. I mean, just, I feel really proud of it, real happy. Awesome. Well, it's good that you can feel proud and you know that people are willing to support this project because that means that what's coming from your heart is actually, hopefully, going to be accepted. Well, so far, so good. I mean, we've got, we've got nothing but rave reviews for it. So, you know, I think, I think people are pretty happy with it. Definitely. I've given it a couple listens. Uh, and I am definitely enjoying it. Well, thank you. Let's get into some of those songs on the album, maybe. Let's start off with the first song on The Ice Queen, Come to Me. Can you tell me a little bit about that one? Um, yeah, that's a song uh, that features Charlie Sexton mm-hmm. and Chris Layton on drums. And um, it's all recorded live. I mean, the whole album was recorded live. Um, so yeah, it was that's Charlie on slide guitar. It's pretty stripped down, and um, you know, earthy sounding. It's not like a straight blues song. It's more like a, I don't know what you would call it. It's kind of a groovy jam kind of kind of vibe, mm-hmm. I guess. I can definitely agree with that. It has a very nice groove to it. So let's talk about the title track off the album. And I'm also going to have to ask you, why did you end up naming the album The Ice Queen? Well, you know, I wrote that song, The Ice Queen, and Mike Flanagan, the producer, he's the one that kind of said, oh, that's what we need to call the album. Because it just seemed like it was real provocative in a way. And also, you know, and I've been, you know, now that I've figured it all out, but the Ice Queen is is about me being a northerner because I'm a Canadian blues musician. And um, so that northern identity is a big part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And then um, the Ice Queen song and then also an homage to um, Albert Collins, one of my favorite guitar players and the master of the Telecaster. I play a Telecaster and... I was pretty influenced by him, and he was called the Iceman, so I just stole that. <laughs> so that is, you know, it just kind of it just kind of works three ways, and it really makes sense. I think it's really strong, and there's a lot of things people read into it, but that's basically what it's about. Okay, cool. I mean, there's definitely a lot of ways that you could read into that, so that's why I wanted to clarify. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's the song The Ice Queen, which, you know, tells a pretty direct story about the idea of an ice queen and what people think of her and what her story is. So I think that's pretty important. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy kind of, I enjoy, you know, well, I always say that's like a compassionate look at that person mm-hmm. from the inside out. And um, I really enjoyed and I enjoy playing that one live. I think a lot of people relate to it on a lot of levels, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, I can definitely understand that for sure. So how long have you been carrying around and playing that signature p- 
pink Telecaster? Because I got to tell you, that thing is beautiful. Um, I bought that new in Vancouver, and I think 87 or 88. So I've been dragging it around at every gig since then, believe it or not. That's a hell of a long time. Yeah, without a doubt. 30 years. So yeah, 30 years with the same guitar. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) If that doesn't stand for the quality of their product, I don't know what does. I agree. You really don't have to buy a new guitar every year. I mean, I guess some people just like to have a lot of guitars, but I like to have one and play it a lot, (laughs) you know? Fair enough, right? There's a difference, yeah. Definitely, because, like, different companies use different woods and different necks have, like, a different feel to them. Yeah, and some people are collectors. Like I said, they like to have a lot and play a lot, and I just, I've always just, like, been real simple that way i don't like to switch out that much and um i always felt like it kept working and it sounded pretty good so why move you know why change things i probably could have you know maybe i could have done better over the years i don't know but you know by this time it's almost like a another appendage that guitar (laughs) that's the one thing you would take on a desert island with you if you could only take one thing well, if I could only take one thing, I'd take my nylon string because it's more fun to play acoustically. I was on an island. Fair enough. So. <laughs> yeah. The Desert Tiger Podcast. All right, you guys. I hope you're enjoying this interview with Sue Foley. We're going to be getting right back into my chat with the Ice Queen herself. But, of course, I have to play you another track off that latest album, The Ice Queen. And before I can do that, I need to tell you about Audible. You already heard me tell you at the top of the show about how you can get one free month of the Audible service plus one free audio book simply by going to www.audibletrial.com DTP and by signing up there. And the great thing is, is if you decide to keep the Audible service, they're going to give you one free audiobook every month for free from your friends here at Desert Tiger. And you can use that on any, literally any book you want. They have cookbooks, they have gaming manuals, they have fantasy, they have sci-fi, they even have motivation, like crushing it. How great entrepreneurs build their business and influence, and how you can too. Written by four-time New York Times best-selling author, Gary Vanyachuk. So what are you waiting for? Go over to www.audibletrial.com DTP, sign up right now, get your free audiobook, get your free month, and get started today. Alright, it's about that time we play you another track off Sue Foley's latest album, The Ice Queen. And this might just be my favorite song on the album. This is called Run. Okay, one, two, three, four!
another amazing track from the Ice Queen. And we're going to get right back into that interview with Sue Foley right away. But first, I need to tell you guys more about Collar and Elbow. You already heard me tell you about how you can save 10% off one or multiple items at the Collar and Elbow web store simply by using the code DTP. But have you heard me tell you about just how comfortable and stylish the Collar and Elbow brand actually is? As a sponsored Collar and Elbow athlete, I wear the clothing all the time and let me tell you just how soft their shirts are on your skin. And they're not only soft, they look good. Have you been to the Collar and Elbow web store yet? And have you seen the items that are available for sale? Have you seen the new spring line where they have the often imitated, never duplicated shirt, the high risk maneuver, the traditional world champ shirt? They have tons of fresh new styles. They're constantly bringing them out every season. And the great thing is, is you can save 10% off all of it by using the code DTP. Okay, you guys, let's get back to Sue Foley. The Desert Tiger Podcast. All right, so you've been on the road for quite a few years. You've lived in a couple of different places. Do you have any favorite experiences, funny stories? Awesome, like, shows that were just something else for you? Anything like that? Hmm, that's a, you know, that's a tough question. I really don't retain a lot. You'd be surprised. I don't know if I have a bad memory or if I just don't soak things up that much when I'm traveling, but I find out after 30 years on the road that one thing just bleeds into another. I don't necessarily remember a lot of things although I do I think what stands out the most is probably those early days at Antone's in Austin um I think being you know 21 and playing with you know all my heroes down there like I did probably had the biggest effect on me and and when we first started touring out and we used to tour with Buddy Guy and Coco Taylor and Johnny Winter and so many people you know that a lot of them you can't see anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe those, uh, you know, I, I hate, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not one of those people that thinks, oh, the good years are, are behind me. I really don't believe that. Um, I really, I'm pretty much really happy right now, and I feel like I'm doing my best work, and I'm in the best place, and, you know, everything's pretty much as good as it could be, right? But I think those early days and playing behind, you know, legends that, I can't see anymore really meant so much to me that because I because you can't do that anymore and and I was just I feel so lucky to have been there and um, (laughs) experienced that you know as a blues musician that's 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 manna from heaven you know that's what we really live for is to stand in at the you know the the basically at the you know we stand at the feet of our of giants Mm -hmm. and we um and we try to suck up, suck in what they're doing or absorb or, and then carry it on. Mm-hmm. So um, I just feel really, I feel really lucky that I played with so many great artists and saw so many great artists and 
there's still so many great ones to see. I'm not saying it's all behind us. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of greatness still, um, without a doubt, but but I feel really lucky about that. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's kind of one of those moments in time you want to bottle up because it's just, like you said, it's something that you can't experience anymore with a lot of it. Like, there is some of them still around, but a lot of them can't even play anymore. I know. It's heartbreaking, <laughs> you know? It is. Some of these huge magnificent geniuses and you thank god but they were here and they left a huge footprint and here mm-hmm. we are walking in it and it's it's pretty magic it's pretty still pretty amazing yeah definitely. you know i feel really blessed to be doing this mm-hmm. so who are some of those people that you actually got to maybe share some stage time or some studio time with who probably influenced you the most? Mm. Well, at Anton's, you know, I did sit in with Albert Collins a couple of times, so that was pretty amazing. Although hugely intimidating, because he just scared me to death. Not not because of his character, just because of the way he played guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I got to play with, you know, Jimmy Rogers and Pine Top Perkins and Hubert Sumlin and Otis Rush and Earl King and Doug Somm and I mean, just I could go on. It, and and then all the people that are still around, like Luann Barton and Jimmy Vaughn and Derek O'Brien, and these are all you know local Austin people that are still there, and I can still play with. Which thank God for that. Um, so yeah, you know, there's there's a lot. Coco Taylor touring with her, watching her every night, touring with Buddy Guy was amazing. Um, just watching him play his show every night and just trying to learn from him and mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot <laughs> and then watching jimmy vaughn now i got you know watching jimmy now and billy gibbons playing with them is amazing right i'm still i still like when i play with them i'm still looking at them like wow here i am with my heroes and this is uh, just uh, amazing what is it like to be inside of the famed Jungle Show with those guys still now? Well, just as like what I just said, you know, it's great. They're amazing people. They're very generous and gracious with me and, and you know, warm and inviting and inclusive. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like I can hold my own on stage, so that feels good, that I feel like I, I've gotten myself to a level of playing that, you know, I don't have to, you know, I can just be myself and, and, I, and I'm and i doing well with them mm-hmm. um, and they accept me. So that feels really good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That definitely must feel great. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> okay. So what was it like winning one of the most prestigious awards in Canada? to solidify yourself as a blues musician. What was it like to win a Juno? It was great to win a Juno. Um, You know, I'm Canadian, and that's the highest musical honor, so it's it's amazing. Absolutely. uh, It feels great. I feel lucky, and, you know, just to be part of my own, you know, besides all that American, you know, all those American friends I have, I'm still Canadian, and that's a huge part of my identity. So to be recognized in my country is amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Definitely. What's it like to be recognized in France and getting some trophies the blues? Uh, that was great, too. I guess it's all good. No, no complaints. Definitely. I guess you can't complain with that at all. No, no complaints. <laughs> so, do you have a favorite song that you have written something that really stands out for you from your career that maybe means the most to you um not really i think you know i I try to stay current so the new stuff is always the way i focus and Mm -hmm. usually where my head's at so anything on the new album i'm really proud of i play it all live and i I feel really happy with all how this new album has turned out. So I guess everything on the Ice Queen is probably what I'm really proud of right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I always tell who I, the people I interview that this question is basically like asking you, who is your favorite child? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's understandable. Okay, so we've talked a lot about your past. We've talked a little bit about your present. What does the future hold for Sue Foley? Um, well, just a lot of touring right now. And, you know, promoting the album, that's where all my focus is. So doing stuff like this and, you know, getting on the road going to Europe in a, about a month and a half. So we're getting ready for that. And, uh, you know, do festivals throughout summer and into fall. That's about as far as I can see. Understandable. Like you said, you like to try and stay current, so I can understand that. <laughs> All right, Sue. So before I ask you my last question... Where can the listeners find you? Well, suefoley.com, www.suefoley.com. If you go there, you'll see everything. You can lead you to all the social media and my tour dates. It's sort of like a big passageway into everything, YouTube. and That's about it. That's where they'll find me. And then you can find out where we're playing and see our videos and check the music out. Of course, we're on Amazon and Spotify and Tidal and Google Play and iTunes and everything. Mm -hmm. So we're out there. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So last question. Since I am a little bit of a younger audience, for those who haven't seen Sue Foley, what is a live Sue Foley show like? What is the experience like? Well, it's um, it's pretty high energy. It's dynamic. It's um, you know, it's bluesy. It's got elements of, you know, I guess some more rock and stuff too, and some traditional stuff. It's pretty varied because I, you know, if you listen to the Ice Queen album, there's acoustic stuff on there, and there's more stuff you would call maybe rock blues but and then there's some real just straight ahead stuff so i think the ice queen actually album is a good representative of what you'd see live i probably play with a little more fire live i respond to the audience you know it's pretty lively and dynamic 
try to be dynamic and energetic and, and soulful, hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but real. I think it's real. You know, it's honest and it's real. That's what you can always count on from me. Definitely. I've watched some of your performances online, and I can definitely say that you put a lot of energy into what you do. Well, thank you. We try. Maybe we'll see you out there in Kamloops one of these days. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Sue. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Unfortunately, friends, it is that time again. It is the end of our interview. It is the time where we say our thank yous, our goodbyes, and we go on our merry way. So first off, I would like to thank the Ice Queen herself, Sue Foley, for joining me here on episode 33 of the Desert Tiger podcast and sharing her story, her journey of blues. I would also like to take a moment to thank Eric Alper for helping set this interview up. If you guys are fans of the podcast, maybe you have also known that Eric helped set up my interview with Brad Merritt of 5440, and he is a class act and wonderful to work with. I would also like to take this time to thank you guys, the listeners of the Desert Tiger podcast, for this stream or this download. And if you haven't done so already, if you would consider hitting the subscribe or follow button on whatever service you are using, that would help me out so, so much. Or you can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are Desert Tiger Pod. On Facebook, it's Desert Tiger Entertainment. And if you want to get in touch with me on Instagram, you can either follow me personally at colton.gesh, that being C-O-L-T-O-N dot G-E-S-C-H, or you can also follow Desert Tiger Podcast. Okay, you guys, as you know, we'd love to end things off with a quote to leave you a little bit inspired, a little bit motivated, with a little bit of fire so you can tackle the things that are in front of you so that you can jump the hurdles that are in your way and that you can conquer everything. So our quote today comes to us from B.B. King. The beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you.